intro music again. Oh, I was about to say, let me down, but no, nope, here it comes. thought I had got this uh, intro music down pat, but nope, still still not working. Uh, welcome to the so-called Fantasy Expert Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Travis Pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Dan Dominic should be hopefully joining us at some point. You never know when he uh, might be stuck. So we'll go on with Adam for now. Hopefully uh, we can have some lively banter later. I enjoy arguing with Dan over, you know, Pretty much everything. Um, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we do not have a new name for the podcast yet. Uh, last week, if you heard the show, Joe Bond, Diver, you know, kicking around some early initial ideas. Nothing too great stuck, um, but hopefully, hopefully something will uh, come along, really knock me off my feet, and we're off with it. Because as much as I love calling it the so-called fantasy experts. Fantasy Baseball Podcast, it's a, it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, the best suggestion I've had so far, uh, defes- de- excuse me, defensive indifference. That's all right. I kind of like it. Don't hate it. Um, you know, I could, I would like it to be a little more witty. Uh, I also have come up with a, the name Home Run the Jewels. If you know the rap group Run the Jewels, it's, it's very funny. But if you don't, I think that's probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Home run the jewels. I'm writing it down. Home run the jewels. All right. That's enough talk about that. Um, if you have ideas and want to, you know, pitch them to me, hit me up uh, at the real Travioli on Twitter, spelled like Ravioli but with a T. That is at the real Travioli. When I joined Twitter like six years ago, somebody already had Travioli, so I had to go with that. I am. Um, and nobody uses that tra- the Travioli handle. It really it really bothers me because I thought I was an originator of a great nickname. Um, but you know what? They can have it and do nothing with. So tonight we're going to be talking hitters. Um, about a month or a third of the season has gone by. We're into May. Almost done with May, actually. Memorial Day's over. So I think this is a good point to sort of look back, see who's been playing well, who's been underperforming, all that good stuff. We did pitchers last week again with Joe Bond, so hopefully you heard that because we we went over a lot of topics by low candidates, all that good stuff. So you'll get everything you need for pitching from here on out for the rest of the season last week. We'll do another one probably at the two-third mark. Um, But we're not the batter. Uh, Obviously, the first and most important story, well, maybe not most important, the best hitter right now is clearly Bryce Harper, um, much to dismay of me and many, many owners who had Bryce Harper last year and watched him just sort of flounder. Um, I watched the Cubs game last night for a little bit and saw him pop out 
he basically thought he flied out and it was a home run. So this guy finally put it all together. He's 22, which makes me feel bad because I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 25. Wow. I forgot how old I was. Uh, He's 22 and he's probably playing the best right now in the major leagues. Um, I just pulled up his stats. Last year, he hit in 352 at-bats. He had 13 home runs, 32 RBIs, about a 273. And this year, in 154 at-bats, he has 17 home runs and 42 RBIs. So he's completely outpaced his uh, total from last year in 200 less at-bats. I blame manager Matt Williams for uh, last year's debacle. When he called him out for not running to first base when he clearly, clearly was out. Um, But what are you going to do? We can't be bitter about it, although I'm sure you can tell I'm a little bit bitter because, oh, God. I was so sure this was going to happen last year. Um, But he's obviously killing it. Um, And that sort of got me thinking about some other, you know, great young hitters who put up some great numbers when they were in their, well, he's not in his teenage years, but he's pretty young. Um, and obviously one of the most famous, you know, teenage players ever. Um, and one of my favorite players ever, best baseball video game I ever played, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. baseball was fantastic. So uh, if you never played that for Nintendo 64, I'm sorry. You really missed out on a great game. But that guy could play. Um, I grew up in the mid you know, with the mid-90s Yankees, but... And Derek Jeter, he was always great. I liked him a lot, but he was just, my favorite player was always Ken Griffey Jr. And I was always really pissed off that he batted lefty because I was a righty, so I was always jealous that, like, I could never pretend to be um, Ken Griffey Jr. when I was I was swinging the bat. Anyway, for when he was 22, he hit 27 home runs. Oh, and 103 RBIs. Wow, that's amazing. He only finished 17th in the MVP race that year. Jesus, what the hell was going on in 1992? Um, slugged 535, had a 308 batting average, stole 10 bases, scored 83 runs. So, obviously, that's pretty great. Um, look at, you know what? No. I want to see who finished ahead of him in that MVP debate. Playing fantasy baseball must have been so, so interesting. Um, Dennis Eckersley, 51 saves, 1.91 ERA, 7 wins, 1 loss. How many strikeouts? 93 strikeouts in 80 innings. He was the MVP that year. Um, that's kind of interesting. I thought, well, yeah. So running down the list right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like nine, ten guys ahead of him had over 100 RBIs, uh, and two behind him. But playing fantasy baseball back then, man, that must have been awesome. Just having guys hit like 50 home runs for you. I don't think I've ever had a guy hit more than 34. That's the most I've ever had. Well, I'm jealous of all of you who got to enjoy the Ken Griffey success or the Barry Bonds success, which was he was not nearly as good in his age 22 season. Uh, well, he was actually pretty good too. 25 home runs, 59 RBIs, 32 steals, because he used to be a steals guy, 99 runs with a 261 batting average. But, obviously, the person he's going to be compared to, Bryce Harper, that is, for probably ever, um, is Mike Trout. Because Mike Trout is, right now, the best player in baseball. Maybe not at this very moment. Um, 
I, I think Bryce Harper even admitted that he thought that uh, Mike Trout was the best. Maybe he's finally learning some humility. Bryce Harper, I kind of like when he's brash and arrogant and telling reporters they're asking cl- clown questions. Um, but Mike Trout's uh, age 22 season was last year, which is amazing. He hit 36 home runs. 111 RBI, 16 steals, got a 287, scored 115 runs. I think Bryce Harper could do that this season. Um, I'm not sure what he's on pace for because I just don't have the numbers in front of me. But I'm pretty sure he could hit 30. How many home runs did I say Trout hit? I'm pretty sure he could hit 36 home runs. He's already at 17. And... 17, 17, that's 45, 49, 51. 51, 17 times 3 is 51. So he's on pace for 51 home runs, which is not bad, and 120-something RBIs. Um, I would be interested, if there was a draft today, how many times Mike Trout would go number one and how many times uh, Bryce Harper would go number one. Obviously, Trout has done it longer and has been the best player in baseball, depending on what you think about Miguel Cabrera in 2012 and 2013. I tend to think Mike Trout should have won one of those two MVPs. Maybe not the triple crown year, but um, he's been a top two player in baseball for three seasons. So there's a track record there. Um, He can run, he can steal bases, although last year, 16 down from 33 the year before, but he's already up to eight this year. He's fixed some some of the very few holes in his swing, so I can't I can't imagine him, him getting much better. But he seems to do it every year. So I'd probably go Trout. I can understand going Harper. Um, he seems to offer just more raw power because, like I said, some of those home runs I've seen Bryce Harper hit. Like I, last night, I thought he popped out. Yes, he's playing in Wrigley, and there was wind blowing out, but. Still, he had to hit it hard enough to get it up there into the wind and get it close enough to the wall that the ball would carry. But some some home runs that he hits are just so violent. Uh, he hit one in the postseason last year off Rod Strickland or something Strickland, the closer in waiting, I guess, for the Giants. And he just launched that thing. So that guy's good. I think we've established that pretty clearly. Um, yeah, Bryce Harper's awesome. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. You know, I think he's doing what everyone sort of expected him to do. I'd probably say he's another – he might be the second best hitter right now. He's got eight steals for first baseman, which uh, is really a lot considering how big Goldschmidt is. 12 home runs, 38 RBIs. I think he can – excuse me, keep that up. The thing that's really been surprising to me is the RBIs, just because um, coming into the season, Arizona was not – looked at as a great team. Um, so I was, I'm surprised so many people are getting on base for him to drive in. I know he's done it before, but still. Uh, Asia Pollock's been playing really great. Uh, Andrew Inquiarte has been really pl- playing really great, who I think got signed out of an independent league last year. Um, so Goldschmidt, you know, you expect that sort of success. Uh, Nelson Cruz, we've all seen him hit these home runs before, so I don't want to get too deep into his numbers, but it does surprise me that he really hasn't slowed down going from Texas, which was a great hitter's park, to Baltimore, which was a good hitter's park, probably not Texas good. And now he's in Seattle, and he's still crushing the ball. 
Um, I just saw him hit a three-run blast off of Brad Boxberger today. Uh, so he's not fluky. This guy can hit, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed with him. Uh, anyway, moving on to Justin. The guy I really wanted to sort of talk about, besides Bryce Harper, was Justin Upton, who wasn't getting as much love as I as I thought he probably deserved um, coming into the season. I know he moved to a terrible hitter's park in San Diego, but that guy can really, really hit. Um, I think some people sort of forgot about how good he was in Arizona a few of those seasons. Um, I'm looking up the Mock Draft Army uh, final stats from Howard Bender, which I took part in. And it has Justin Upton uh, overall, after all his drafts were completed, went 33rd overall. So we went behind guys like Brantley, Harper, Braun, Ellsbury, um, Puig, and then the rest of the normal guys. So, wow, you went to Seth Benz, went that high. Uh, so he's probably the ninth, tenth highest rated outfielder, which with the state of the outfield, that's, you know, not so much a dig at his ability. But I don't think people expected him to come out of the gate this fast. Um, I know Matt Kemp came out fast. Uh, he had like five steals in the first couple of weeks. He sort of slowed off or um, fallen off the steal space. But there's nothing as nine steals, which really, really amazes me. Um, I traded for him in one – I drafted him in one league. I traded for him in another. So I, I would definitely – suggest going out and trying to get Justin Upton. Um, once Will, <clears throat> excuse me, once Will Myers gets back into that lineup, I think there's even more run potential there because Will Myers showed to be a great um, leadoff hitter, a type of leadoff hitter that would make Billy Bean proud, like the, the not the quick speed guy, but just like the guy that can get on base. Um, so he's been driving a lot of runs. Obviously, he had six RBI a couple of games ago, but the steals are really what's sort of setting him apart in my mind. Uh, I don't think he's had too many steals in, his, in the past couple of years. Um, let's look up his stats while we're here. He had eight all of last season, eight the season before that. When he was in Arizona, he had 18. He went between 20 and 18 for basically every other year from 2009 to 2012. So he can run. He's only 27. It's not like he um, deteriorated in his late 30s. Uh, I would suggest going out, trying to get Upton. Maybe right now is not the best time, uh, since he is ranked so highly in most leagues. Like, I'm just on CBS uh, Fantasy Baseball right now, and he's ranked fifth overall, so he's going to be tough to get, but I think he can definitely keep that up. Um, And I hope he keeps it up, because I I own a lot of stock in in Justin Upton. So hopefully we can can make it uh, to the end with just nothing leading the way. Um, yeah, all right, moving on. A couple guys down the list. You know, we're sort of sticking in the outfield right now. We'll get to the infield at some point. Let's stick with the outfield. Um, Dexter Fowler on the Cubs. I really uh, I'm impressed with him. I thought about him a few, like, he was sort of uh, not a, like a passing glance I gave him before the draft um, because there was so much hype. For these Chicago Cubs, who, you know, they've sort of lived up to it. The pitching, not so much. Chris Bryant, yeah, obviously. But 
he was going to lead off. There's some talk about him leading off, and you know, he was going to bat in front of Bryant and Rizzo and Soler and who else was supposed to be on that opening day roster? Uh, I guess if Javier Baez was apparently going to make the big league club as a second baseman, he'd be there. Anyway, it just seemed like, oh, okay, putting him at the top of the lineup, that'd be that'd be a good guy to have. Um, they, I know they had Arsmindi Alcantara out there. I think they moved him into play second. So that sort of really opened it up for him. But he's got six home runs, 14 RBIs. So, you know, he's going to beat off hitter. You're not expecting a lot of RBIs. But the six home runs, that's uh, not a bad return on investment. And he's got 11 steals already. So... <clears throat> Do I think he'll keep it up? No, I don't. Um, he's always been sort of a streaky hitter. Uh, I know some people have lots of faith in him. But last year in 116 games, eight home runs, 35 RBIs. He was playing for Houston. So maybe with a better team around him, he can. I think he could steal 25 bases, hit 12 home runs, and score 80 runs. But... Uh, he's been kind of on a tear lately. Then I'm not sure he could keep up. Um, another guy on a tear, I don't think he'll be able to keep it up. But I don't think he'll be able to keep hitting at the level he is hitting right now. And he's just been tearing the cover off the ball for, since he came off the DL. He slowed down a little bit recently, and I think this is more of what you'll get from him, is Josh Reddick uh, of the Oakland A's, who came off the DL first or second week of the season. Um, last season stance, Overall, that line really does not look good. Um, if you just looked at it at a passing glance, he had 265, 12 home runs, 54 RBIs. Uh, and for a while, his batting average was right around the Mendoza line, 200. So a lot of people probably thought that 32 home run year of 2012 was definitely a fluke. Um, part of it might have been that Billy Bean used all of his magic uh, to make Josh Donaldson a viable third baseman and then turned him into an all-star and then turned him into like the best third baseman in baseball and a top five player right now. Um, so he might've used too much of that magic fairy dust on Josh Donaldson and, you know, deprive Josh Reddick a little bit. But after the all-star break last year, Reddick hit 299 or 300. He cut down his strikeouts. Um, and this season he's cut down his strikeouts even more. <clears throat> Excuse me again. He's not swinging as many pitches as he was before. He's laying off pitches he knows he can't really do much with. Um, he's making really hard contact. Uh, several of his home runs, he doesn't hit towering home runs uh, that you know. And then Carnacion or Mike Stanton tend to hit. Uh, the last couple have really been just like line drives that have screamed out of the park. So that, you know, he's getting the bat on the ball and can clearly put the ball in play. Um, Oakland, again, they've been struggling right now. They haven't scored a ton of runs. Or really, anybody in that team produced probably for a week and a half to two weeks. So I think he's he's probably bound to bounce back a little bit in the RBI production. Um, the thing that I don't think will hold is the 312 average. As much as I would like it to hold, since I also own a good amount of stock in Josh Reddick, yeah, I looked at those second-half numbers. I was smart. That's why I'm a fantasy expert. Um, I'm just tooting my own horn here. But I, I really targeted him when he was on the DL coming, in, coming into the season, thinking I'd get him for cheap and some auction drafts, getting him late and regular snake drafts. And it worked out. Um, 
wasn't a bad flyer to take if he didn't turn out to be anything, uh, a late round pick, but he's helping propel that Oakland team to some level of competitiveness, him and Steven Vogt. Um, I'm sure we should probably talk about next. We'll get to Steven Vogt. But uh, Josh Reddick's just overall sort of, not transformation of his swing, but transformation as a hitter to be more mature to and really lay off pitches he knows he can hit, but he couldn't hit well. Um, He's turned, he sort of turned himself into a hitter who waits for his the exact pitch he wants, or as close to the exact pitch that he wants. So he can really drive it um, to the outfield or through a gap or um, to the wall, hit a home for a home run, something like that. Uh, Josh Reddick, if you have him on your team, I don't want you to think I'm, you know, poo-pooing him and that I say he probably can't keep it up. I think a lot of – it's not bad at ball luck with him as much. Um, let me pull up those numbers while we're, while we're talking. But it's not so much bad at ball luck that they're just falling into gaps between the shortstop and third baseman or, or he's hitting them to outfielders who don't have great range. The reason I'm so confident in him to be a good producer this year and definitely earn more than whatever you invested in him. Um, yeah, his Babbitt is only 318, so it's not like 394 like D. Corden's was or anything crazy. He... It seems like a fundamental change in how he approaches hitting, um, which is something that I think he could definitely keep up um, as long as he stays focused, keeps doing what he's doing, and he could, you know, he he could be a top 50 outfielder for sure. All right, let's get out of the outfield. If there's anything else you want to talk about, no? No listening public? Can't answer? That's all right. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Andrew McCutcheon and his weird, terrible start to the season, but uh, I tend to think he'll bounce back. He's Andrew McCutcheon. Um, if you've read any of my fantasy football stuff, this is a nice plug for myself, too. I may have mentioned dreadlock theory, which sort of states, uh, sort of like Samson in the Bible, like, you know, your power is in your dreadlocks. If you start growing dreadlocks, your power is in your dreadlocks, in your hair. Um, and at a certain point, your hair is the perfect length and you produce the best you can. Do Angela Williams on the – Chris Johnson on the Titans is a good example. He had good hair he produced. I'm thinking maybe percussion cut his hair. You know, he stumbled out of the gate a little bit. He's not used to running without such drag behind him, something like that. Um, so dreadlock theory, he's another case for that. But, you know, he got rid of the hair. He's not playing as well. Don't steal that. That's mine. Um, but let's let's move on to some infielders. Um, we talked about Stephen Vogt, or I mentioned Stephen Vogt when we were talking about Josh Reddick. So it seems like a good as place as any to uh, move on to the infield. I'm looking up the vote now. I don't even think he was drafted. Why is this not showing up? You know, he was definitely drafted in the mock draft army, but. Um, Again, sort of that Billy Bean magic where he can just take um, sort of a no-name guy. He was had some value last year and turn him into an absolute stud. Um, I said it a few times on this podcast, but when the 
A, it's look like they're going to just absolutely suck and have no ability to score runs of any kind. And that's when um, that's when random guys come up and will get you 90 RBIs and will make the playoffs as a wild card and then lose in the first game. Because Billy Bean, his players are not, his method doesn't work in the playoffs apparently. Um, Steve Vogt is 10 home runs, 33 RBIs, 313 average. Uh, he has not stolen a base yet, which is sad, because I know everybody expects a lot of stolen bases from their catcher. But, again, he was probably not in the top 10 of your draft boards um, for catchers. So he really he really has a great investment. He's been incredibly hot. I don't think he'll keep this up. I think he'll be good. Um, if you have him, and you can get a great deal for him, I think that's not a bad uh, path to take since he is scalding hot right now. Uh, he does have catcher eligibility, which makes things a bit more a bit more complicated. Because um, if he was just a first baseman, you know he plays there sometimes. His numbers don't look as great in comparison to a lot of the other guys out there. Um, got a handful of guys batting over 300, a lot of guys with over 10 home runs and 30 RBIs. Uh, so the catch eligibility is huge. If you are thinking of trading, make sure you play that up because you're not going to be able to get another guy of that quality into your catching slot easily. Um, I know Luke Roy's been hurt and so is Devin Mesorico. So there's not a ton of top-line catchers out there. Buster Posey still doing Buster Posey things. 300 batting average, seven home runs, 24 RBIs. So if you have Posey, you're pretty set. Uh, but if you have vote, you're not really going to be able to find you know, a great catcher out there. Um, maybe Yasmani Grindal if somebody dropped him because he's on the DL, or Nick Hundley if nobody picked him up. The course effect could really help him. So I would... I would hesitate to tell you to trade him just because the catcher is such a tough position to sort of get value out of. Um, But then again, if you can get a top five third baseman, top five first baseman for vote, who's a top, who right now is a top catcher, might be, uh, it might be worth picking him up or, or not picking him up, making the trade because if you can find a guy who's going to give you 120 RBIs versus Vogt, who may top out at 80 or 90, um, it might be worth it. It depends who your other catching options are and what you can uh, fill in there. Because most people aren't going to have great catchers. You're not going to lose so much, you know, comparatively to the rest of your league. Um, so, Vogt, we'll just chalk that up to uh, some... Billy Bean magic. Oh, what a season it has been. All right. Guy that I'm pretty impressed with that I've tried to trade for on several occasions this season and past seasons, but I can never, ever, ever get him, uh, is Matt Carpenter of the Cardinals. Cardinals, again, sort of the Billy Bean magic. They know what they're doing. Um Carpenter didn't didn't play great last year. He played great two years ago. But still, the Cardinals, you can always sort of bank on them uh, to give you some production. He has become 
probably top one, probably top five third baseman, I'd say. Depending on how you want to judge it, obviously, um, he's probably right there with Todd Frazier for that third spot because I put Donaldson one, and he's probably battling Frazier for two. Yeah, I'd say two. Um, also, Chris Bryant, he's come on, so maybe maybe him. But I like Matt Carpenter because that 320 average, um, eight home runs, 27 RBIs. If I don't know if anyone's going to sell him low um, because he is pretty pretty great and he's played well, but we'll uh, we'll see if he can keep it up. I like him a lot. I like his run potential. Um, and we'll we'll see if he can really become the MVP candidate he was a few years ago. Uh, let's go through just a few bylaw candidates. Um, we'll sign off, go from here. I don't know if Dan's going to make it. And we can give you a little bit of advice to take into the world. And so you can make some nice moves. Hopefully we can get Dan on next week. Um, so he has some pretty unique views. He doesn't tend to agree with me. So uh, maybe... Maybe some things will change in this week and we'll have the exact same views. That would be great radio, wouldn't it? Okay. My buy low candidates. Who have I been trying to trade for incessantly in my league? Um, I've had some outfield trouble. I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast. Um, Dalton Poppy was a, key, was a key player in my strategy. He was a cheap steals guy. And that did not really work out great for me because he, when he hit the ball early in the season, it produced uh, some nice runs and some RBIs. I think he had two home runs for a, for a light hitting guy. Um, but anyway, so he, he's he gone. It's not helping me at all. So I've had a fifth slot to fill. Um, I really would try to go after Alex Gordon. I've been trying to go after him for a while. The guy in my league does not seem willing to part with him, which is a bit sad because I think he's going to really uh, bounce back over the summer. Not bounce back, but sort of take a step up. He's 266 right now is his average, five home runs, 23 RBIs. Um, he's not a sexy name. He's not, you know, like a speedster. He's not expected to hit a ton of home runs. Um, but he just does everything really, really well which is exactly why I would sort of target him if I was looking for uh, an outfielder right now. Because by the one, the third mark of the season, you probably know where – you're not going to know exactly what your team is. You're not going to know where you're, who might heat up over the summer, who might, which pitchers might get hot, which pitchers might get hurt, stuff like that. But you kind of know where you're lacking. You may not know what your strengths are yet, uh, but I think by this point of the season, you probably know what you're lacking. You know you need pitching, who can, a pitcher who can strike out people. You know you need a, you need a little outfield pop. Um, in my case, I just need a well-rounded outfielder. I've been shuffling through Preston Tucker of the Astros or David Peralta of the Diamondbacks. Word of warning, stay away from any Diamondbacks outfielder not named A.J. Pollock. Well, maybe Ender and Kiarte too. He seems to play a lot. 
But there's like four guys playing in that last spot. And it is incredibly frustrating to try to figure out if David Peralta is starting this week or not. So maybe avoid him. Um, Preston Tucker also just blew, ruined a win for me with Ubaldo Jimenez tonight. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But you can count on Alex Gordon to give you at least 150 games, you know, high teens, early, low 20s home runs, 75 to 85 RBIs, double digit steals. He's just a well rounded player that I'm in love with. I'm, I don't remember how much he went for in my auction draft, but um, I think I. I definitely regret not trying to pick him up. If he went for like nine bucks, I might not. Also, nine bucks, you probably think that's way low. The one league I'm referencing, it's a $100 budget, not 260 So if we was in a 260 it'd probably be a $22 bid. Um, so, great, well-rounded outfielder. He's not playing terribly, so you, you don't have that worry about, is he going to come back at all? Um, but he's not playing so great that an owner wouldn't be willing to part with it. Um, the owner I'm dealing with just might be a little stubborn. He uh, rejected my trade for Alex Gordon, offered, he tried to get Zach Greinke away from me for Alex Gordon. I was like, no, thank you. Um, so if they know that their players might be by low candidates, they may try to extort you. Don't fall for that. Uh, yeah, so Alex Gordon, guy I'm really, really high on. I can't seem to get him. I would suggest you guys all go out and try to get him. Because he just does everything for you. You're not going to be disappointed in him um, unless you were expecting like 35 home runs, which would be, given his history, not something that I would think would be realistic. So that's probably on your projections. That's more of a fault of your projection than it is of Alex Gordon's ability. Um, another outfielder I tried to get for a while, he sort of picked it up lately, Marcelo Zuna. Um, and Ozuna's not playing badly either. And these are sort of what I mean by low. I'm not going to give you a guy, although I did try to trade for Sin Suchu right before he hit five home runs in a week. So that would have been a nice buy low when he was batting 160. Um, but when, I, when I'm when i saying buy low, I mean more a guy who's playing all right. So, you know, a, a little increase in his production will make him a really good player, but he's not playing so well that a manager would think, I can never trade Marcelo Zuna. Um, that's what I look for. I like to try to get that mid-level guy. Um, Ozuna has three home runs this year. He's hit them all relatively recently. And like the last couple of weeks, he was batting around 300, but he wasn't having the RBIs. He wasn't having the run production that you know people thought that Marlins lineup could produce with uh, the new additions of Michael Morse and D. Gordon. D. Gordon's holding up the end of his bargain, um, tearing up is tearing up the league. But um he was a guy I would like to try to get if you're interested in an outfielder. Um, he's on a good team. The runs are gonna start coming. The home the power is going to start coming. His isolated slugging percentages look pretty good. They don't look like anything ridiculous has happened. Um I think he could – I think he'll keep it up um, – or he'll keep improving, not keep it up, I'm sorry, to a point where he is hitting the home runs from last year but keeping an average higher than last year. He did have some BABIP, BABIP luck last year, but I, I just hope he's – you'd think he'd improve as a hitter overall. 
um, to sort of make up for a, a regression in that sort of in uh, in Babbitt talk. Um, all right. So those are my outfield sleepers. Uh, a couple of guys in the infield I was high on. I like Eric Ibar to have a bounce back season. Not bounce back season, but come back from you know his early slow struggles. Um, I think if you can get Matt Duffy in a deeper league, who I believe is going to become the Giants' third baseman now that they've designated Casey McGee for minor league assignment. I think that's a nice move. Uh, he's got 20, 20-something RBIs, 22. He had a home run yesterday. That whole um, Giants infield is really producing quite well with Panic at second, Crawford at short, and Brandon Belt at first. So if you could... If you could pry him away, I would suggest maybe going for... Well, you might not even have to pry him away. If he's on the waiver wire, I think he's worth taking a flyer on. Um, he's better than most corner infielders you'll prob- probably find out there. Um, I can tell you for sure I'd rather have him over somebody like Luis Valbuena. Luis Valbuena of the solo home run uh, fame with 10 home runs and 18 RBIs. It's nuts to me. Um, you know Escobar depending on how deep your league is. If it's a 15 or more team league, he's probably taken 10 to 12. He might still be out there. He's got short eligibility. He's got second. He's got third. So you can move him around, and he's hitting in front of Bryce Harper, which, let's be honest, is not a bad thing. Uh, I have a lot of stock of Anthony Rendon this season, so I'm really hoping Rendon can get back in time to catch some of those, uh, get on that run train that, Bryce Harper is driving everybody in. Um, and it looks like Rendon should hopefully, he, he's playing an extended spring training game today. So let's all cross our fingers that there were no more oblique injuries and he can get to his minor league assignment Friday. Um, start that. Hopefully he goes for a week, maybe two. We get him back by mid-June. That would make me very, very happy. But... Um, would prefer him not to get hurt again in the minor league assignment. So I don't think Rendon's a buy low candidate per se, but if you're out there and somebody's fed up holding Anthony Rendon for now two plus months, when to be honest, if you've seen the injury or the play where he injured his knee on, you, there's no way you would have ever thought he'd be out this long. Um, so, Kind of a fluky injury. I don't know what happened with the Nats. They've never been great with um, injury, like dealing with injuries. Um, So it sort of does smell a little strange with what's going on down there. But hopefully Rendon will be back. And if you can get somebody who's pissed off holding him for this line, go for it. Um, Last middle infielder sleeper I'll give you today. Neil Walker, I'm kind of high on. Um, he had 24 home runs last year, I think. Is that 24 or 21? And he hit in the 20s. I'm looking up the number right now. But that might be 23. Okay, 23 home runs. But in the years past, he had 16 and 14. That might be more where he tops out, between the, like around 15 home runs. But he's going to score you some runs, uh, probably in the 60 to 70 range, driving some runs hopefully in the mid-60s. 
He's only batting 259 right now, so I don't think it's too much of a reach to see him getting that up to 280. Um, that that Pittsburgh Pirates team has kind of been off all over the place, except for A.J. Burnett, who apparently has found the fountain of youth there. But he's, you know, he's slugging along, got 16 RBIs. I think that number will pick up as the season goes along. Um I think he's more of the 76 RBI guy we saw last year as opposed to the 53 RBI guy we saw in 2010, uh, or probably more more likely than not, the 60, well, 69 RBIs we saw in 2012 is where I think he'll probably settle out with the 280 batting average. So if you can get him for cheap, he really hasn't done a lot. If you look at his just stat line, three home runs, 16 RBIs, 20 runs, nothing that any manager will probably be incredibly committed to. Um, I'm looking at him on a ranking right now, and he's right next to Joe Panic of the Giants, who most people don't consider a great fantasy player. But their numbers are pretty much equal. I think Panic has three home runs and 16 RBIs because he hit one today. They're, wow, they're almost identical, except Panic is batting 295, while Neil Walker is batting 259. So that's sort of showing you his numbers aren't, so terrible, because Panic's obviously a solid player, but his numbers aren't really uh, jumping out the way some other guys, like maybe a Colton Wong or a, um, you know, even an Andrelton Simmons had a nice breakout a little bit at the beginning of the season, or Brandon Crawford's 31 RBIs. Um, so I think those those guys would be some nice sleepers for you. Not sleepers, I'm sorry, Bilo players. Go out, see if you can get them. Um, if you have any people you're interested in hearing my take on, if you think I want to know if I think they're by low guys, you can find me at The Real Travioli on Twitter again. Um, I write some stuff for so called Fantasy Alarm every now and then. So you may see me giving out some advice there. Uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed this. I know it might have been a little strange hearing me talk for 45 straight minutes. Trust me, it's a little weird hearing it in my head, too. My mouth muscles are a little tired. Um, it was a good workout. It was a good workout for me. Uh, this was fun. I'm going to have to do a, a solo podcast every fourth or fifth week just to really, you know, get myself in shape here. Uh, but we'll get Dan on next week. Uh, my th- he texted me while we were on saying his some client calls ran late. So we can't blame him. We'll get him in here. We'll talk. We'll get his talk, uh, his take on the hitters, and talk to him about you know the whole Bryce Harper thing and pretty much everything we've covered. The great starts by some outfielders, the hot hitting infielders. What the hell Zach Cozart's doing? Because that guy Zach Cozart's a mystery to me. We'll leave that for next time. But um, I'm glad you've tuned in again. If you have any suggestions for the podcast name. Tweet them at me. Um, I'll gladly take a look. I'd like to sort of brand this. It's on in, not Instagram. It's on iTunes now. So when people go to download it, I want them to see, oh, Home Run the Jewels. Let me download that podcast. I really, the more I say that, the more I like that name. Um, yeah, I think we might go with that. But I wanted something like that, where it's not like, oh, I'll download the so-called fantasy experts of fantasy baseball podcast. Not that it's not a good name. So-called fantasy experts is a great, like I love 
draft name. It's a fantastic one for a site, but it's too wordy for a podcast name. So we're going to work on getting you something, uh, get a new one in there. Um, man, I'm thinking about putting some outro music in here too. Hopefully that'll work. I don't have any right now, but I'm going to spruce this podcast up is what I'm saying. So I'm Travis Pastor. This has been the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, taking the temperature of the Major League Baseball season two months into it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope I haven't bored you too much. I hope I haven't talked too fast because I tend to do that. I hope you've gotten all the information you've wanted. And I hope you're just, you know, not tired of hearing my voice because I'm a little tired of hearing my voice. Uh, so all in this podcast, we'll get you next week. Uh, look for my stuff coming up. I have some fantasy football content coming out this week. I know the season's coming up, and I just want to enjoy summer, but i got to write fantasy football stuff. Um, so we'll have another fantasy baseball podcast next week with the aforementioned Dan Dominic, the mystery man. Um, so we'll catch you then. Until next week, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs>